Good evening. It's good to see all of you out tonight. I'm glad that you're here with us. Tonight we are beginning our study in the one word book. And Ethan and Katie, we got a book for you too. So you can get that before you leave. Um, but basically what it is, just to let y'all know, because I, I mentioned it this morning. Um, but it's a book that has different words. And it has one for each week. And it goes for 53 weeks. It's supposed to go for a year. And since we're using it on Sunday night, it'll be a little bit longer. Uh, but it, we're going to go through one word each week, and this week's word is word. And uh, there are five devotionals that go along with each one, so you can go through five different days during the week and catch up if you, you miss a couple. And then, of course, we'll have a week's break that you can, can really catch up on if you need to. Uh, but anyway, tonight's lesson is on word. And sometimes these lessons will go directly with the book, I'm sure, and Sometimes I may veer off in a different direction, and tonight uh, this lesson does kind of veer off in a little bit different direction. But tonight, since we're looking at Word, I have to ask a question. How important is a Word? How important are words? One word, such as yes, no when it came to my mind, cancer. Things of those natures. When we look at that, those kinds of words, they can change a day. They can change a life. One word of encouragement can make a difference in somebody's life. I'll tell you, I've had many, many kind words of encouragement since I've been here. And that's been very encouraging. And that's something that I love about this congregation. We're very encouraging of one another. But words can also be used in a different way. Words can be used to help or to hurt. I want to give you an example. Something that I found a few years ago. There was a, a video that had been posted from a, a group of people in Hickman County. And it was entitled Hickman County Christian. And what had happened is, in that county, in one of the high schools, somebody had taken it upon themselves to start collecting videos of students saying something very, very bad. And they said the same word over and over again about a hundred times. And so, or maybe it was less than that, but it was something like that. And so, these, this group of Christians... Someone decided to make a video to counteract the video that had been made. And several of the students that had said a bad word in the other video appeared in the new video. And they used their words to encourage. They did the same number of words except they had students use words of kindness. Words that taught the gospel. And it was a really neat video. But it shows the importance of words. Words can, can have a great impact on our life. And in particularly, how important are words to God? How important are words to God? His words are important enough that for years He had many different men write and compile the words that are found in our Bibles today. Not only were the, those, these words written, but they have also been preserved. 
for our learning today. No matter what kind of doctrine or religion we might look at in the world, you won't find one that traces any further back than Christianity. I believe God had a very big hand in preserving His Word for us to use. In creation alone, God used words to form the world that we live in. Words are used in the New Testament times to heal the sick and raise the dead. Words can be very powerful, especially when it comes to God. And as we study the one word concept, remember that the words we are studying are important to us and to God who gave them to us. Each word means something to us, to our lives, to our salvation and redemption. And as we look at our series, there are a couple of objectives I want to submit to you. First of all, to gain a greater understanding and knowledge of God's Word. His Word is very important to us. And one of the things that I've, I've been really striving to do is to encourage Bible study among our members. I think this is a good way to do it. I want us to grow together as a congregation as well as individual Christians. We need to be growing constantly. It's not enough just to be when it comes to Christianity. But it's important that we grow in our knowledge of God's Word. And as you read and as you study, put into practice each daily devotional. I pray that you will grow closer in your relationship with God. As far as this lesson goes, our objectives are to study together the most powerful and meaningful words ever used in Scripture. And secondly, to realize the importance of the words used in Scripture to present to us the message that God wants us to have. The way that I chose to, to go about this lesson on the importance of the Word is to look at the most important words that I believe were ever written. Those that were the most meaningful, the most significant in regard to us, in regard to Christianity, in regard to the gospel as a whole. These are some of the, the most meaningful words that we can find in Scripture. The first set of words I want us to look at is, Then God said... I decided to change the, the heading there. Then God said, those are some important words that we find in creation, going back to the beginning. Have you ever pondered the reason that God used words to create the world? That's something that, that has kind of consumed some of my thoughts this week. Why did God create the world with words? I think it's a good question. Was God not powerful enough to create it by the thought, by, by some kind of thought that He might have had? Or, or by the wave of a hand? Absolutely, God was powerful enough to do that. 
Now, is there any significance to the fact that, that God used words in the way that He did? Those are some questions I, I don't really have answers to. But it's interesting to ponder. It's inter interesting to think as to why God used words to create the world. In the presentation of the days of creation, each day begins with a God said. Turn to Genesis 1. Notice these verses with me. I won't read the whole chapter, but just notice these verses. Genesis 1, verse 3. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Verse 6. Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Verse 9. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Verse 11, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. Verses 14 and 15, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Verse 20, Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. Verse 24, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. Verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then in chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, and on the seventh day, God ended His work which He had done. And He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it He rested from all His work which God had created and made. Everything created was spoken into existence by God and likewise blessed by Him. God gave man command by word of mouth and also gave man a voice by which to communicate. We have the freedom to speak freely. And God doesn't filter our speech. 
as much as, as we see that in our world, we see that, that there are certain people that would try to hinder our freedom of speech. God doesn't do that. He allows us to speak anything that we desire. We may have to suffer consequences for what we say, but He allows us to use any words that we, we wish. We can use our words in, in whatever way we wish, though He wants us to use them for good and His purposes. And even those who have no voice use words and signs to communicate. And another question that I might ponder. What would our world be like if we had no words? be interesting, wouldn't it? How would we communicate without some form of language? But God saw reason in giving us words and speech. Words were important to the way that God desired to create the world. And words are also of great importance to us today. And so as we look at this one word, word, it has great meaning behind it, doesn't it? Just to think that, that our world was formed by the use of words. Whatever reason God chose to do that. And to think of the power behind them. I find that very interesting. If God had not spoken the world into existence, if He had not said, let us create man in our image, where would we be? The use of words in creation is very important to us because these are the words by which we are given life. There are other important words as well. Of course, as we look at Scripture, there are all kinds of thus saith the Lord's. And we need those we need to honor those. We need to respect them. I want to get some other words of great importance to us. You will bring forth the Son. These are important words. In Luke chapter 1, we read of the announcement of the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. 
the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end verse 34 then Mary said to the angel how can this be since I do not know a man the angel answered and said to her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God now indeed Elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren for with God nothing will be impossible then Mary said behold the maidservant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her I don't know this from experience but parents aren't those powerful words when you hear that you're expecting a child those are powerful words and they were very powerful in Mary's case because Mary had not known a man she was not yet married and she was a virgin how can this be how can this even be possible but we are reminded that all things are possible with God Can we even begin to imagine the conflict within Mary's heart after hearing this announcement? First of all, she was told to rejoice. Rejoice, highly favored one. For she would carry a child in her womb. She would give birth to a son. Uh, but again, the thought that, that she wasn't married, she was a virgin, how could this even be possible? And not only was she carrying a child inside of her, but this child was the Son of God. He was the Son of God Himself. We are given only a glimpse into her heart. But we can understand from Scripture that she was very special to God in many ways. I believe that Mary was, was very special by far. There's a reason that God chose her and not someone else. I, I think of those passages where certain things happened and she pondered them in her heart. I wonder what was, what was in the heart of Mary. Not only did God trust her to give birth to his son, to his son, but she was also entrusted with everything regarding his keeping and physical existence. I remember a comedian, he, he asked the question, you know, how, how did Joseph and Mary feel whenever they realized that Jesus had been left behind? I, I've been left behind five times in my lifetime. The last time the, the elder that brought me home said, don't you realize they're trying to get rid of you? But what about Joseph and Mary when they realized that they had lost the Son of God? How did we lose the Son of God? I wonder what that was like for them. 
These are very important words to Mary. And we see that Christ's birth had been foretold. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Even more amazing than the birth of Christ is the fact that it was recorded in, in very distant history to its fulfillment. The fulfillment of many of these prophecies did not come until seven or eight hundred years after they were spoken. And these words may be of even more importance than we realize. Why did God send His Son? John chapter 3 and verse 16. We looked at it this morning. We'll look at it again. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The reason for Jesus' birth was in essence his death. Because we needed a perfect sacrifice, God was willing to send his son, and he sent him to be born on earth to a virgin. God sent his son because he loved his creation, because he loved us. And so whenever we read something of Jesus' birth, What a blessed day that was. Not just for Mary. Not just for Joseph. But for us today. There's another set of words I think are, are probably the most significant to us today. Father, forgive them. We read of Jesus' sufferings on the cross. For context, we'll look at Luke chapter 23. Let's read verses 32 through 46. Verses 32 through 46 of Luke 23. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said... Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. They divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, 
If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Verse 39, Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. These words as they were spoken by Jesus are only in Luke's account, I believe. But these words are words of great importance to us as Christians. These words that are so important to us, did you notice that they were almost completely ignored by those hanging Jesus on the cross? I wasn't present when Jesus died on the cross. But I realized that these words were spoken for me. You see, I realize that I'm just as guilty of His blood as the Jews that put Him to death. There's a song we don't sing often. It's not in many of the books. But it says, I'm the one. When I look at Jesus' death, I realize that it's for my sin that He died. It's for my sin that he, he suffered. That He was hung on the cross. And so as He is speaking these words to the Jews who are hanging Him on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I can hear Him saying those words to me. for my sin and yours as well that Jesus was made to sacrifice himself. Notice what it said in Galatians 1 verses 3 through 5. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, 
Jesus Christ the righteous. And He Himself is propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. If we could save ourselves, would God have sent Jesus? If we had that power within us to save ourselves from our sins, do you think Jesus would have come to the earth? There would have been no need for Him to. But Jesus, by these words, Father, forgive them. Grants us access to eternity with God. Because of Jesus' words, we have been offered forgiveness, atonement for our sin. While on trial, Peter said this in Acts chapter 5, verses 29 through 32. We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to His right hand to be Prince and Savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are His witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Because of Jesus' words. And I'm sure if, if God wanted to grant us forgiveness without Jesus saying those words, He has the power to do so. I believe Jesus opened the door for our salvation. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. When we sin... Oftentimes, we, we know not what we do. We don't know how that affects God. We can't be there. We, we can't know how much it hurts. Another song that comes to my mind, can he still feel the nail every time I fail? Does he hear the crowd cry, crucify again? By causing him pain. Words are important. And Jesus' words for us, Father, forgive them. Open the door for our return into God's fold. Through repentance, we can come back to Him and know that He loves and cares for us enough to receive us just as He received the prodigal son. These are some of the most meaningful words that we could ever hear. Next week's word is creation, I believe. But tonight I, I leave you with the thoughts of this lesson. If you're not a Christian, obey the gospel. Hear, believe, repent, confess Christ, be baptized for the mission of sins. If you need to come back to Him in faithfulness, rededicating your life to Him, asking for forgiveness or for prayer, if there's something that we can do to help you, 
This invitation is for you. Please come as we stand and sing.